I'm Dr. Jeff Brown with the Merge Medical Podcast with my very talented co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole. We're joined today by the CEO and founder of MedSender, Salman Huck. MedSender is a service as a software platform that uses artificial intelligence to automate what would otherwise be mundane and redundant tasks to free personnel to do other things. It integrates with multiple EMRs and works in any healthcare organization. That pretty good summary, Salman? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I, I can give you the the first place we started was actually somewhat interesting. Uh, we started out as a fax replacement software for healthcare. And a lot of what we do revolves around making fax easier for healthcare. And as physicians, you know, faxing is still a really big problem in all types of healthcare settings. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of medical records are shared over fax. Uh, but what we realized as we built out our fax software platform is that it's not just that sharing records is difficult and often has to go over fax. It's that uh, data is siloed in different systems and locations and companies and organizations. And what you have to have happen is a lot of manual work needs to go into both getting that data out and on the receiving side when you're getting, say, a fax or a document, dealing with that. And that's where a lot of the administrative bottlenecks pile up. Mm. Well, tell us about your, your web app. Is that how this technology is deployed? Yeah, so we have a few uh, different ways organizations can use MedSender, really two primary products. We have a web app, a web application that uh, allows clinics or uh, practices that are using the MedSender platform to uh, interact with our portal in conjunction with uh, their EMR, EHR software for their medical records. And they can go in and edit documents, uh, send and receive faxes, and see things in a very clean, easy to understand user interface. Uh, We do also have an API product that's more geared for enterprises so that if you are a a digital healthcare company or let's say an an EMR vendor yourself, you can integrate some of this capability built into your own applications. And how did you come about discovering the need for this? So uh, myself and my, all my co-founders, we, we all have various sort of healthcare backgrounds. Um, actually, I think uh, so my, my colleague, uh, both of us come from families of physicians. So been in and around healthcare our, our whole lives. Uh, we, were, we were pre-med at some point in college and then, uh, you know, interacting with doctors, shadowing, those sorts of things, figuring out that you know, uh, the way that records and data is shared in healthcare um, just ends up requiring so much work and creating problems, both in terms of inefficiency, but also just uh, actual errors and uh, issues that go far beyond just uh, problems of, oh, it takes too long to do something. Uh, When medical records are shared, it's not like a a legal document where there's just a delay. Um, You know, this really literally can be a matter of life or death. Mm. So in in interacting in those settings, we saw that you know, there has to be a better way for to do this. And that was sort of a common refrain as we started to build out this platform. Uh, and, and really the current iteration of MedSender where, you know, we really prioritize not just, you know, digitizing this experience, but actually optimizing it using AI and, you know, structuring this unstructured data. Um, that really came about after just working with our practices and, and our users that, you know, they're sending and receiving these faxes and, and figuring out how can we make this experience better for them and not just uh, streamlined, but actually automated as much as we can. And I experienced this myself in my practice where referrals just disappear. 
you said in some of the information you sent us that there's this staggering number of referrals that just drop off like 40% just disappear. Um, I can see where a primary care physician would want to send someone with chest pain to the cardiologist and they just never, it never works. Do you have a comparison of how MedCenter compares with how it's traditionally being done? What metric? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just to dive a little deeper into that, it is a real problem that referrals often don't result in an appointment. Mm. And, you know, depending on who you ask, that's somewhere between, you know, 30 to 50% of referrals mm -hmm. um, in the U.S. from a primary care provider to a specialist of any type don't result in a scheduled appointment. And there's a few reasons. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a question of um, the patient opts to go with a different provider that wasn't referred. Patient, you know, just, um, you know, they, they decide they you know, schedule the appointment, they don't show up or all these sorts of other things. Uh, but a, a good chunk of that is really just the referral gets lost, as you said. And if you are sending something over fax, it's quite possible that one of the facts just eventually never goes through because it's going over a very antiquated technology that is actually a, over a phone line. Mm. Uh, but then I think what's, what we see commonly is that, you know, the referral gets through, but it gets lost in a pile somewhere, whether that's the actual physical pile of paper mm -hmm. or just a digital pile, this inbox with right. hundreds of faxes. And, you know, if you get to it a week late, two weeks late, a month late, you know, the momentum for that patient to see uh, to see you might be gone, right? They might have gone to someone else or you know, they may just decide not to, to take it uh, seriously at all. And I'm sure you all have seen um, getting patients to adhere to, to anything's a challenge. And we hear that from our providers all the time. Yeah, of course. So it's lost revenue as well as like Jeff, like when you agree that if they don't come to the office, there's no billable event. And if they don't yeah. come to the office, there's no surgery for you or pain block for me, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a real need for EMRs to, communicate better and I, that's not necessarily what you're doing but i think you're just when when one emr is trying to send information to another you're just making sure that that help happens in a seamless way with low error rate is that is that a fair way to say it yeah that, that's another way to look at it as well essentially you know we started out trying to just replace facts and what we realized over time is that it's really hard to replace a built-in network you know every physician in the u.s practically has a fax number and it is the lowest common denominator. Uh, but what we realized is, you know, if we enable uh, a clinic or a practice who uses MedSender to just optimize their workflow dramatically, um, you know, it doesn't require both parties to use MedSender. So if, uh, if you're a clinician and your practice opts into MedSender, what we can do is take over your facts, which we see as the natural wedge or starting point of a lot of these administrative workflows. You know, everything is coming through uh, in some crack practices, almost everything is going coming through facts, you know, maybe 50% in some others. But when it comes in via facts, what we can do is run that facts through our AI um, because it's already digitized. We run the facts through our AI. And these are proprietary models we've trained to do things like extract patient information like name, date of birth, um, uh, additional demographic info, you know, cell phone numbers, uh, gender, all those sorts of other things. And then we can also classify that document too. So if something's a referral, we can immediately flag it as a referral. If something's a lab result, we can flag it as a lab result. And we can even do things like summarize the document and title it and take essentially take what might've been a manual process for an MA or someone in the clinic, you know, three, four, five minutes to deal with. We can automate that away in seconds. Are there other competitors on the market and what would you consider your competitive advantages? Yeah, so there are a number of uh, fax companies out there, digitized fax companies. And 
we don't necessarily really consider them as direct competitors. Um, what we see as our advantage are, are, are a few things. One is we do have a sort of a pretty broad array of proprietary technology we've developed um, in terms of both the uh, integrations we created with various EHR and EMR platforms, but also with our, our particular AI models. These are models that we've trained specifically for uh, medical records and in particular faxed medical records. Um, so we're able to achieve a high degree of accuracy using this data and um, you know, make it so that it's not just something, you know, an, an inbox you can come in online to and you know, you're in the portal and dealing with, but we can actually automate away the additional steps of filing it to the right patient's chart in the EHR. So walk me through from start to finish. I send Jeff Cole a referral for hand pain with a patient and what exactly happens with MedCenter. Yeah, so if you're sending if you're sending that referral to Dr. Cole and he's got MedCenter in his clinic, what we can do is uh, essentially take over that fax infrastructure. So we offer we maintain and uh, host the fax infrastructure. And so when that fax comes through into, into Dr. Cole's clinic, let's say previously um, the setup was either one of a few things. It was it came through on a fax machine, which I hope wasn't the case, uh, but still quite often for a lot of the physicians we work with, they're still on paper. Um, it might have come through electronically through some sort of third-party portal. And again, as I mentioned, there are a lot of sort of uh, online fax portals you can use that don't offer AI or the type of integrations we do. And then the third sort of broad category is it might come into the EMR into some generic inbox where someone has to still go in and click through every single fax to see what it is, mm -hmm. label it, assign it. That's a really common setup. So what mm -hmm. we can do is if MedSender is in place, when that fax comes in through our network, uh, we'll run it through our AI and you know, within our portal, you'll see, okay, this is the patient name, date of birth, what type of document it is. And then we can also automatically file it to the chart. And depending what the EMR is, there's some additional configuration we can do, such as you know, create a task for the appropriate staff person. So if it's a lab result, we know we want that to go ahead and be tasked to the provider because the provider is going to review the labs. Mm -hmm. um, or if it's you know, a, a referral, task it to the front desk because they have to schedule out the patient or you know, various other workflow rules we can set up. So it cuts that initial process out and categorizes. Exactly. Okay. And it works with you. I think you said it works with any EMR, any of the major EMRs. So we're integrated with uh, most of the leading ambulatory care outpatient pla care platforms. We don't do a lot on the, the inpatient side yet uh, because we, we think that the real need is on the outpatient side in terms of this, um, this administrative bottleneck. And uh most modern EHRs were able to integrate if we're not already integrated with already. And that is another sort of key distinction of our platform is we've designed our architecture in such a way that, that you know, we consider it to be highly portable. So what we mean by that is if we have a platform we're not currently integrated with, uh, our integration timeline is typically measured in a couple of weeks as opposed to months or longer. Other than physician and provider clinics, are there other, what, what other medical businesses? I mean, like an, an MRI imaging center or what other businesses make sense for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we actually do work with quite a variety of, uh, of different types of groups today. Uh, we have a number of imaging and diagnostic centers on the platform. We have some independent pharmacies as well, including one large pharmacy chain. Um, we have um, some lab companies as well, like clinical reference labs. Uh, really anyone who's sending and receiving faxes or PHI in any form could be utilizing MedCenter. 
um, we have some small EMR companies as well on the platform. So really just uh, it's a pretty wide variety of potential audiences we can reach with what we're doing today. And I can imagine that um, it's different if what a hospital would say versus a practice. But do you have averages of a return on investment that these entities make when they use MedCenter? It really varies. Uh, and, you know, the specific audience is uh, what we're trying to uh, what we, the way we try to segment. So depending on the clinic, a busy clinic, um, you know, maybe receiving it's, it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, upwards of 10, 20,000 faxes a month. And, and we've done some case studies with some of our existing customers. And I know for one of them, basically, um, we've, you know, they cut their sort of labor costs or time spent on fax uh, by, I think, about 4x. So, you know, they, they previously were uh, at the point they were about to have to hire another full-time employee just to deal with fax. And wow. uh, once they onboarded MedSender, they were able to manage everything just with the existing staff. I can see so many clinics could benefit from that, right, Jeff? And that's Jeff's wheelhouse is the uh, EMR. He built one before it was popular, way ahead of his time, right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, 2003. Yeah. We got started. Um, yeah, I wish I had that. You know, we made a couple of mistakes early in our development. You know, um, I wish I could uh, walk those back a little bit. We ran the company about 15 years, but we didn't find that revenue source early. You know, we... We continued, in, in so many words, mapping the human genome as far as uh, mm. you know, a really deep template library. And we should have paused to figure out how to make, make those early dollars while we continued to, to develop on the back end. But that's, that's another story. How many people, Jeff, do you have at your clinic just to manage incoming data? Do you know? Um, we have three divisions, and there's probably at least one or two people at each division handling a lot of these tasks. So there's no doubt it's, um, you know, it's, it's a manual process for a lot of clinics yeah. and there are delays. There are things that get sent to the wrong folders. There's, um, yeah, like a lot of things we do, there's just a better way to do it. And so, so in your clinic, so you're prop, you're a bigger clinic. You're saying you've got anywhere from six to eight people that just handle incoming data. So with this, process salmon you, you correct me if i'm wrong you could cut that to two you know it, it really depends on your needs um for some of our, our clinics you know for them they already have employees just overworked and you're spending a ton of time mm. maybe even on the weekend or a lot of overtime right. is catching up on things um so we we like to say MedCenter gives uh, providers the flexibility to you know utilize their team or, or structure their teams their staff in the way that makes sense for them you know free them up for and more important things, mm. uh, you know, things more relevant to clinical care mm -hmm. or, you know, getting patients in the door or, or some of these other things that just may get um, may get sort of buried um, or just, you know, making sure that there are things that aren't getting lost in the shuffle, like these faxes for referrals or right. you know, just getting better at turning around things like a uh, like a prior auth in time or mm -hmm. something like that. So mm -hmm. it really depends. I think with our larger clinics, that's where we start to see the advantage in terms of um, the, the system being able to really save time at scale. Um, so we actually recently partnered with a large, uh, or recently onboarded a large um, outpatient clinic with uh, a couple hundred locations. And at, at that scale, you know, the, the problem of dealing with faxes is pretty enormous. 
So that's where we really see the advantage of you know, bringing AI into their workflows. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a, a great client and partner to have. Um, do you have any other channel partners that, that have moved the needle for you as far as um, just adoption? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the big challenges when you are uh, building a, a software platform for uh, healthcare, but in particular for the sort of long tail of the market, the, the outpatient side. Because uh, we've had people tell us, you know, it's, uh, it's really hard to build a software platform for small uh, to mid-sized clinics. But we actually think, you know, uh, it's a great opportunity for us to reach an audience that really could benefit from this technology. I think some of the really large enterprise health players um, are certainly investing in automation. Uh, but where there is a, a real need and gap is um, definitely on the outpatient side. So what we've been able to do is partner with some some of the EHR companies out there. So we're able to you know, work with them to tailor what our platform can do um, and then also get it in front of some of their users. That way, you know, we can fill a gap in, in maybe what their existing services are uh, without them necessarily needing to develop or spend uh, the resources to uh, incorporate similar functionality into their own apps. Mm. So that's an interesting and really sounds like a powerful way to market yourself. You're complementary to an EMR and you're partnering with these entities to make their processes better. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. We certainly don't consider um, EHRs uh, to be competitors of ours. And I think vice versa. We've had a lot of conversations with a number of EHRs, both ones we're partnered with and ones that we aren't yet. And, you know, the the reality is that there's just so much to, to do in terms of um, their product roadmaps and what and what they need to serve their customers. Um, that, you know, document management, so to speak, is often just something that unfortunately doesn't get the attention they know they'd like to put into it. For it's sure. always one of those things, as long as it kind of meets the basic requirements, yeah. that's kind of the status quo. And not everyone will need some of these features. Like if you're a really small uh, clinic, you know, maybe you don't get a lot of faxes, whatever it might be you might not find the, the extra value and, you know, the premium solution. Uh, but uh, if they're able to partner with folks and they do this all the time, partner with third party sort of solutions, they're able to address some of these needs and, uh, you know, we're able to come in and keep their customers happy as well. So that, you know, uh, they, uh, they have another tool in their, um, in their sort of solution suite that they can refer customers to. And, and a follow-up to that, when you are partnered with the EMR, what entity is paying MedCenter? Is it the practice or is it the EMR or a combination? And how, and just speak a little bit about your, how you charge your customers and who is the customer in that setting? Right. Uh, that's a great question. So it's really a combination, all of the above. The majority of our customers are what we call sort of direct customers. We contract directly with um, the end user, uh, in this case, typically a, a medical clinic. And uh, what will happen uh, with these uh, EHRs is often they'll just refer the customer to us because that way, you know, we can, we can do our pitch. We could close the customer handle you know, implementation and support without uh, necessarily needing the EHR to have to go through all of that. So the EHRs like it because it's minimal development work or resources needed on their part. And, you know, we like it because we can work directly with the customer and make sure their needs are addressed appropriately. Mm. Um, in terms of the uh, sort of the other the other the flip side of it with the, the business model i'm in exchange you know we'll, we've done some where you know it's more of a reseller relationship where the emr is building MedSender into their own app using our api so that you know you do have facts built in 
um, through that plat part of the platform. Um, so if you ha already have a built-in fax module and you're using some other third-party API service, you can use the MedSender API instead, which gets you the fax, but then you also get all the additional data with it if you'd like. So the patient name, date of birth, um, the document category, et cetera, so that now if you are the EMR, you could decide to display all of that info in the inbox instead of just a string of uh, phone numbers listed out there. Um, so that's one way it works. Uh, we've done some in the past that have been sort of rev share agreements, uh, but you know, it just, it really depends on the company and you know, the way, which way the, the industry is going in terms of the, the business model. You alluded to it, but do you have different tiers, different product offerings, premium down to, to what perhaps just a smaller clinic would use? Yeah, so the as um, as you touched upon it earlier, we are a software as a service platform. We basically structure it uh, with different price points for uh, different size of groups. So really, we we don't we keep, try to keep pricing as transparent as possible. We, we charge based on sort of usage or volume rather than you know, based on the number of providers or the number of staff users. And uh, we have different tiers. So for a small practice, med center could start as low as ninety nine dollars a month. With no contract or commitment so it's a really low barrier to entry to start using our platform wow and then we scale up commensurately just depending on volume you know uh, to custom enterprise plans that you know will uh, uh, be a product of just how much uh, they're using in terms of facts how many how many faxes per month does 99 bucks get you that gets you 3,000 pages a month so for a small practice it's generally very sufficient hmm. jeff how does that compare with your practice do you know I mean, it's got to be you're way above three. You might get that many a day. Yeah, and I'm proud to say I have no idea. <laughs> I just, it's, I just the information, you know. That's right. Yeah, right. it's a problem you don't really think about, actually. And we find yeah. this. I mean, that's generally the answer I hear. It's like I have no idea how many faxes I'm getting or receiving. Yeah, you unless don't you're, think about um, it unless it doesn't work, right? And then exactly, that's right. Maze on the phone with the clinic who says they've already sent it twice, and you know. But that back office is the bottleneck, the referral center, the back office, all that's the bottleneck in every single practice. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's it's ripe with inefficiencies. No doubt about it. Definitely a problem looking for a solution like this. I mean, but do you have EMR companies sending you business then? Actually, yeah, that's uh, when we talked about channel partners, that's typically how it works is yeah. you know, uh, an EMR company, if they partner with us, you know, what we can do for them is, as I mentioned, uh, build out some better features or some more more tools for their particular customers. Mm, and then if they, they have a customer that, you know, has this issue, maybe they're, or they receive a lot of faxes and the built-in fax tool isn't, um, isn't sufficient for their needs or they want, you know, sort of uh, some more powerful um, solutions at their disposal. They might say, you know, we're partnered with this company um, and then they'll connect us to that customer. And, you know, there are a lot of different solutions that, um, you know, they like to do this with. So most EMRs do have uh, sort of a partner marketplace. Um, and I'm sure you've seen some of these pages that they have. Uh, so we, we can work with them to make sure that you know, there, uh, there are customers who might uh, be a good fit for MedSender um, can find us, get to us and, uh, and make sure we, we show them if we're a good fit or not. Nice. How about your technology? Has it just been a, has it been an upward kind of linear growth of it, or have you have you switched platforms at any point, or or just still just building on what you started with? You know, we we're really just continuing to build. Um, it, the the product has evolved pretty significantly, but you know, we've always built it with scale in mind. 
Uh, so this idea of bu building a network platform that can handle, you know, millions and millions of transactions a month if we need to. Um, so we've had a few sort of inflection points that we like to think about them. Uh, we launched our first AI offerings in 2021. So a little bit ahead of the curve um, relative to a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff that's coming out now. Uh, but what we're seeing that's really encouraging is this sort of AI tailwind is, is really something we're benefiting from as well, because now there's an increasing recognition even from folks who may not have had much experience or familiarity with AI. Um, they now may be proactively looking for it. So mm -hmm. two years ago when we said we have AI, maybe there'd be a glimmer of recognition or sort of something, some understanding. Mm -hmm. Now we'll actually have people proactively looking for you know, AI power faxing or you know, AI for healthcare. They're coming to us and when we talk about it. You know, they may not understand exactly how it works, but there is mm -hmm. an increasing recognition that they know this is something that's out there that they need to be taking advantage of. Uh, they just may not know what, that, what form that takes. That's interesting. So that's been a tailwind for you guys, this whole thing. It's nice to Absolutely. know that you were already there rather than just putting AI in yeah. there. Yeah, that's, that's right. Really that's, that's right. Yeah. We, we've, we've had people comment on that. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's nice that you haven't just been doing AI for the last six months. Right. So uh, it, it is something we've benefited from. I think, you know, like a lot of groundbreaking technology, uh, it's, you sort of have that raising, that rising tide, raise all ships. And we're certainly feeling that as well. Yeah, because you guys were doing this. I mean, I think I met you several years ago and through a mutual friend, we became acquainted. And then I was actually in Springdale, Arkansas, and I saw some paper. It was prepared by Metziner. So, wow, this, he's got, this bright kid's got uh, some business in Springdale, Arkansas. And uh, you were doing AI then. That, was, that had to have been three years ago, right? Yeah, so I, we started you know, working on or getting the platform to that point. Um, I think so. We launched our first true AI offering in 2021, mm -hmm. and you know, continue just to iterate and build out on that offering. So, you know, our AI can do a lot more than it could two years ago. But you know, now we're able to, as I sort of alluded to earlier, not just extract some of this data, what you call like sort of entity extraction. Uh, we can also, you know, summarize, uh, categorize things. Um, you know, we're building out additional automation around that because you know, the more and more structure you add to data essentially you can do a lot more on the EHR side. So um, we recently launched a feature that for certain EHRs, you can actually create a new patient chart from within MedCenter because we've extracted all the relevant info, you know, patient name, phone number, you know, if they have a, a you know, contact info we need to put in, we can do that as well. Are you at the point where you could monetize some of this data internally? Beyond yeah, so the subscription? We're not yeah, we're no, that's a great question. You know, uh, we take sort of data privacy and security very seriously. Um, as a company that works almost exclusively with healthcare providers, you know, everything we do is designed to be HIPAA compliant, secure. So we're not really, you know, looking at um, data monetization as a serious strategy. Um, right now, we're really focused on uh, building out the platform and reaching more providers. How many? Um, well, how large is the market? And how much have you scratched that market? In other words, do you, you may not be able to answer this, but how many physicians and or providers would you say you have on your platform? Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. Yeah. So the, the market, just to, to touch on that, uh, we think is enormous. Um, if you look at just you know some of the top line levels, everyone's heard that sort of, oh, the U.S. spends $4 trillion a year on healthcare. But really, when you break that down, a trillion of that is administrative spend. And if you dive deeper into what is that administrative spend, a lot of it is what is on 
uh, what you could consider or call an, uh, automatable workflows. Things like back office operations uh, and the clinic uh, on the, the payer insurance side um, and, you know, and pharmacies uh, and everywhere in between. And there's a lot of times, you know, there's just uh, inefficiencies created by that, that workflow. Um, you know, the, the prior authorization examples uh, is one we like to, to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you have to prescribe something that requires a prior auth, you know, there's a lot of back and forth that happens. And often it ends up to having someone to get on the phone from the practice. They're waiting on hold, dealing with something, you know, spending, you know, half an hour to get this done. And, you know, maybe filling out some paperwork and it's coming back, it's rejected. You've got to fill out more paperwork. And that's the type of inefficiency that just, you know, at scale should really be automated. Or a lot of that is. And there are companies working on, you know, prior auth automation. Uh, we think there's you know, some applications of our AI as well that could be um, used in settings like that. Uh, so, you know, we, we really do think that the market's enormous. Uh, right now, we're focused on the uh, primarily the outpatient and ambulatory care space because we think you know, the need is uh, most acute there. And um, also just from a go-to-market standpoint, you know, we can onboard and integrate with new customers very quickly. You typically within a few days, our average sales cycle is one week. Um, so we can move really quickly to provide value. Um, and over time, we think we want to move, we want to continue to move up more market. So you said that the, um, your software has improved um, over the years. And so AI, the whole concept of AI is it's scary for a lot of people and myself included. Does your platform, is it learning? Is it getting better on its own? Or is this something that you're teaching your platform? So it's both. Um, it is uh, it's, there's a lot of training involved. So when you when you look at or hear about these AI models out there, uh, there's an enormous amount of training that has to go into uh, go into making sure these models are producing you know accurate results. And for what we're doing, it's a uh, you know honestly a fairly narrow scope. Mm -hmm. We are doing you know data extraction and summarization classification mm -hmm. uh, on medical records. So that's uh, that that does help us. Uh, but then in addition to the training, we do have mechanisms for users to report errors or inaccuracies mm -hmm. so that over time you could say it is getting better. Um, but it's not one of, uh, you know, to, to put some concerns to rest, it's not, uh, it's not a sort of sci-fi concept here that's, uh, you know, one to worry about. Mm. To take a concept like prior authorization, um, I can see how the AI would be able to figure out that a particular fax it relates to prior auth, but is it mm -hmm. smart enough to read through there? And and if it says we need to hear from you by five o'clock on the 12th, um, is it smart enough to, to, to flag that or put it in a queue with certain priorities? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that's certainly within the scope of possibility uh, because what we're able to do is summarize the, uh, the key information from it. So we're extracting that text um, from the document. Um, and that's, that's, technology that's been around for a long time, OCR, that optical character recognition. But then we're actually running it through these models to understand, you know, what's the, what are the relevant points here? Hmm. So, um, you know, if it's something that a person can look at and figure out, um, generally speaking, you know, these, these language models should be able to do so as well. That's fantastic. Huh. Man, anything that helps prior authorizations and increases yeah. the uh, a number of referrals that gets to a practice is pretty powerful. And you're talking like most practices would pay $100 a month for this, right? That's fantastic. What about the team, the founders? What can you say about your partners? 
Yeah, so we have a very lean and scrappy team uh, that we've been able to accomplish a lot with. Um, so my one of my co-founders, Zane, actually, um, he, uh, again, has similar background as me, comes from a family of doctors, uh, was pre-med in college, and then realized, wait, wait a sec, this is a big problem. Um, you know, really, um, uh, he focuses a little bit more on the product than I do. He's uh, my co-CEO. And uh, I spend a little bit more time in terms of um, sort of strategic initiatives, biz dev, that sort of thing. Um, and then we uh, we have a couple of full-time engineers uh, and a person helping out helping us out with customer success. But you know, as now it's five of us full-time working on the product and the the, the business, and uh, we have some folks helping us out part-time uh, as well. So about ten in total. Solomon, you're doing great. Tell me, tell me about just you. I want to hear about you, your background, what you studied, and uh, that sort of thing. And then Jeff, if it's okay, I want to get into some some metrics for with the finances, total addressable market, where they are in revenue, uh, funding, and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, to to give a little bit about my background, um, so I was born and raised in Memphis, and uh, ended up going up to Harvard for college. And while I was there, I uh, was pre-med for about a year and started to learn a little bit more about healthcare and how uh, things were run in terms of the administrative side and the business of healthcare. Um, ended up majoring in economics and you know, after college, realized I wanted to start uh, working or building uh, something in healthcare. So I joined a, a large healthcare startup in New York. And while I was there, I got connected to my co-founders. And this problem of trying to fix or replace faxing and automate it and streamline uh, all of this documentation burden was something that was really appealing. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up uh, in a family of doctors. So I've seen sort of firsthand over the years how much time that they're spending you know, in the EHR or dealing with administrative problems. And it just sort of seemed year after year, um, you know, they're spending less and less time on patient care yes. and more and more time on paperwork and 100%. admin. Right. So right. Uh, every every doctor in my family, I've, uh, every doctor I know, is sort of complain about some of that stuff. I met doctors who told me that they retired before trying to merge or, or move on to an EMR. Right. So that's uh, right. It's 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 a real problem, and you know, it's something that it seemed like one that I really, uh, you know, was worth quitting everything to to work on. Um, and you know, for us, it, it was one that we thought, you know, obviously there's a, a huge addressable market here, but it's one we thought that. You know, concretely could make a really positive impact for not just patients uh, and not just providers making their lives easier, but also for patients and you know, enabling them to get better access to care, uh, get things scheduled and just deal mm -hmm. with a lot of the inefficiencies. One of my colleagues actually has a, has a story where, you know, he was helping a relative of his um, uh, with some medical treatment and ended up having to drive between hospitals to pick up CDs and paper mm -hmm. copies of records because you know, the faxes weren't going through or was too large to fax. So, you know, we, we all were very aware that there has to be a better way to do things in, in this day and age. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Background again. Is that background good or do you want more detail? No, I, I love it. it okay. You're what you are, what makes America great. What you are doing, what your friends are doing is what makes America great. You, you, you went out there, you want to build something. Your business will create wealth and jobs for people. It will help patients be better. It will help doctors take care of patients. This is exactly what we want on this podcast. Merge Medical is here to showcase disruptive healthcare startups where it's a win-win-win. We help patients. We help build wealth. We help doctors. 
uh, be financially empowered. This is exactly what we want. And your background was fantastic. Yeah. What can you say about your your potential, the addressable market we've, we've touched on? But what yeah. uh, you know, where could you guys go if, if you hit on all cylinders? Yeah, so we, as we touched on, the addressable market is uh, is enormous, not just on the the outpatient and ambulatory care side. We think you know, that market's quite large. There's, you know, it, it's hard to put a real number on this, but there's, you know, likely more than 100,000 medical clinics in the U.S. But beyond that, you know, anyone who's interacting with healthcare data could be a customer of ours um, through our API. So you could use MedSender, even if you're not using faxing, to structure unstructured data, whether that's a document, a photo of some type, um, we had one EMR company ask us if you know, we could uh, you know, uh, take a photo of an insurance card or something or a, a driver's license and, and grab that data and put it in the EHR. You know, and that's something like that is, is well within the realm of, of uh, possibility. So uh, you know, we think the market there is quite large. In terms of you know, MedCenter specifically, you know, if we hit on all cylinders, uh, you know, we do believe that it's possible to build a billion-dollar business just by serving uh, these different facets of the market. What's your current revenue? What's your run rate? What's your annual revenue look like? Yes. Yep. So we've uh, exceeded a million in run rate um, as of earlier this year. And we are on track for uh, profitability without another raise uh, within, the, within the year. Um, may, maybe a little bit or sooner or maybe a little bit later, but uh, we're not actively uh, in a sort of fundraising mode right now. Great. I've had numerous uh, individuals who ultimately exited successful companies tell me the first million is the hardest to make. So um, congratulations on that path, you know, nice. you. one thing that, that, you know, in Memphis, you know, I, I get jealous about the experience people have when they go up to Cleveland clinic or Mayo clinic, where there's just so much better communication between mm -hmm the various subspecialties hundred percent. And I think that that's just, it's an open lane for somebody that just can figure out how individual practices can communicate better with each other. And I think this is a start. Yeah. You know, there's so much more, you know, and I just, I don't know how you do it because all the EMRs, they're different. You know, they don't necessarily play well when, when, when two EMRs want to talk to each other, but um, it, there is concept of just there being this layer that sits over the individual EMRs and somehow makes communication better one to another. Yeah. I mean, interoperability is a fun buzzword and uh, you hear it a lot and there's some sort of, uh, there are some standards out there here, there, and, you know, people will talk about fire and HL7, some of these things I'm sure you all are familiar with, but at the end of the day, you know, it, the way we like to look at it or the way that we sort of see it is uh, the way that these things are implemented quite often doesn't really work for people in reality. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the way certain EHRs have things implemented may not be the best fit for actually how the practices are operating. So um, something we, we think about quite often, uh, the healthcare landscape is one, I think, of, of all sectors out there, it might have the most variance of any in terms of technology. Um, as, as you sort of alluded to, um, there are organizations out there that have really robust systems and technology to make things like sharing records within the organization really simple. Um, you, you gave the example of a group like the Cleveland Clinic. Um, but, you know, what we think is uh, one of the big challenges is that, you know, it's, it's great that they have that type, type of technology, but it's unfortunate that 
uh, smaller clinics all across the country don't get to benefit from that same type of technology. So we think there's a great opportunity to uh, sort of level the playing field and allow anyone to take advantage of tools like that. It's uh, the way I, I sort of phrase it sometimes is, you know, the, the cutting edge in healthcare is truly amazing, both in terms of um, clinical operations and, and, you know, clinical technology, but also, you know, some of the, the tech around, you know, practice management and some of these custom things that have been built are really slick and smooth, uh, patient messaging, engagement and all of that. But the lowest common denominator in healthcare is very low. And I think that's where MedCenter could come in. Well, we sure appreciate you being here, Salman. Um, this has been a fantastic, enlightening interview with you. Um, I've been your host for the Merge Medical Podcast, Dr. Jeff Brown with Dr. Jeff Cole. Salman, thanks for joining us. This has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you both. This has been a pleasure.